0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends. Appreciate you joining us for today's episode of Everyday Truth. I don't quite have a postcard to share with you today, but I do have a beautiful little letter uh, from an eighth grader uh, from Monroe, Georgia. Because it wasn't officially a postcard, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to share the name. Uh, but this eighth grade girl wrote in to say how much she's inspired uh, by the Word of God, that she's praying for me, and what what a blessing! So thank you. You know who you are. Appreciate the letter of encouragement. And really, uh, the fact that you would listen, the fact that you would uh, be here day by day participating is an encouragement to me. Would you do me a favor and just share uh, the podcast with somebody today? Uh, Maybe if you're watching on social media, just hit that share button. Or if you're just listening on one of the podcasting platforms, uh, one of the great ways that you can help us is take just a moment, leave a review uh, and and rate the, the podcast, and that would be a great help. It, it, it drives listenership, and I, again, my only purpose is I'd love to get the Bible out to as many people as possible, and you can help with that. So thank you in advance for anything that you can do to uh, promote the Word of God. Uh, we are in Mark chapter 4, speaking about the Word of God, and we're in the a season in Jesus' ministry where we're just learning a lot about his teaching. And we talked a bit about the fact that he used, his, he used parables, and we've been talking about some of those parables. In fact, we just finished talking about the parable of the sower. I even like to call it the parable of the soil, because the soil, the, the heart of human beings, that's really the dynamic part of that parable. But Jesus said, that that parable was really a key to understanding all parables. And I, I find that so interesting. So let's look at a couple other shorter parables uh, in today's episode. So we're in uh, Mark chapter 4 and verse number, Oh, well, look at verse number 21, uh, where uh, the Bible says, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel? or under a bed. So stop for a moment, understand a couple things about Jesus' methodology in teaching. He employed the, the method of the day, which was questions and answers. You know, today in teaching, we we do a lot of this, a lot of lecturing, a lot of one-sided conversation, but Bible learning was different. It was, it was a lot of give and take. Remember, even when Jesus was 12 years of age. He was sitting, reasoning with the doctors of the law, both answering and receiving questions. That's the way we all learn. A question stirs our conscience. It makes us to think. It doesn't just give the answer away in the bold print. It it causes us to have to consider. And that's what Jesus is doing here. He's asking a question as he introduces a Well known activity or a well known object in people's lives. In this case, a candle and a candlestick. Now, to you and me, a candle and a candlestick might not be as ubiquitous as it was back in Bible days. We don't typically light a candle every day. We don't typically, you know, we have birthdays and we have power outages, I guess, but. Other than that, candles are kind of passe when it comes to our daily activity. We turn on the light switch. Uh, we have electricity everywhere. But understand, back in Bible days, when that, when the sun would go down, the only source of light inside a building would be a candle. And you would want that candle to—that candle would light up that room. And you would want to put that candle in a place in that room where it would have the most access to give light. So the question really is, uh, it's rhetorical because everybody knows what the answer is. It's no. Do do you bring a candle and put it under a bed? Do you take a candle and put it under a, a bushel basket? Of course not. Nobody would do that. That's a waste of wax. It's a waste of wick. It's a waste of fire. It's a waste of light. So the question is answered even within itself. That's what a rhetorical question is. So watch the question again. Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a a bed and not to be set on a candlestick? And of course, the, the question is rhetorical. The questions are rhetorical. Of course, it's it's lit to put on a candlestick. That's its purpose. Its purpose is to give light. Now, the candlestick doesn't provide light, the candlestick provides a place for the light. I think about the, the letters uh, to the seven churches of Asia Minor, and they're in Revelation chapters two and three, how uh, Jesus called the churches a candlestick. Remember that specifically? With the letter to the church at Ephesus, and how the church at Ephesus had left its first love, and how Jesus said, I'm going to take away your, potentially your candlestick. Well, that's what a church is. A church is not the light in the sense that we can save or that we are what people need, but a church is supposed to be a candlestick, a place where the light of Jesus is prominently displayed, a place where we can. Uh, emphasize Him and give Him the opportunity through us to make a difference in this world. It's not to say that Christians are not lights themselves. We are, but we are not the source of light, Uh, like the moon. The moon provides light, but the moon is not a source of light. It is a reflector of a source of light. It reflects the rays of the sun. And so we ought to reflect and deflect uh, the rays of the sun, S O N, in our lives. So here Jesus is asking the question. So what's the purpose of light? What's the purpose of a candle which gives light? And I think by asking the question, Jesus is referring primarily to his own ministry. Why? Because people are misunderstanding his light. They're they're kind of dimming the real point of his light, which is his message, his mission. Uh, They're emphasizing and celebrating in the miracles, but now we're seeing some opposition, aren't we? And I think what Jesus is saying is, I've come, I'm bringing light. Now, light does a couple things. I think, first of all, light is a great resource. It's a great help. Uh, It can be a great tool for good, but also light exposes, doesn't it? That's why men love darkness, (laughs) rather than light because their deeds are evil. So when Jesus came into this world, he became the light of the world. John taught us that. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So Jesus is light. God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. So what does light do? Well, certainly light illuminates. Certainly light gives us guidance and direction. But light also exposes it shows us what's dirty. It shows us what's hidden. It shows us what's secret. And that's what Jesus is driving at here. Look at verse number 22. For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, made known, uh, come, to the, come to light, we would say. Uh, Neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. So really, when you think about light and the parable here, the story, the illustration that Jesus is using, uh, what what do we learn? Well, we learn, first of all, that Jesus is light. And then I think throughout the Gospels, we learn as well that because we are the light bearers, because we are to reflect Jesus and deflect his glory to others, that we too are light. And our light. As believers, sometimes exposes darkness. Sometimes a good Christian testimony in a dark place not only encourages people, but sometimes it uh, it angers people because it's a conviction to them. I think about uh, people like Stephen, stoned by the Sanhedrin council because his light and the, the light even of his countenance and of his testimony were a conviction to those Uh, That heard him. Well, let's move on, uh, shall we, to verse number 24, uh, where the Bible further says, And he said unto them. So here's this pithy little teaching on light, but then uh, Jesus shifts gears, and here's another little lesson he gives, verse number 24 take heed what you hear. Hey, 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 listen, give careful attention to what I'm about to say. Don't miss this. Sometimes I'll say when I'm preaching, Hey, watch this. I don't know what I mean by that, but uh, I think I got that from Charles Stanley. But anyway, I say that. Uh, Look at verse number 24. Take heed what you hear with what measure ye meet. Okay, to meet something means to give it out. So with, with what measure ye meet. So to the degree that you hold other people accountable, to the degree that you judge a situation or judge a person. So in what measure ye meet, the Bible says, uh, it shall be measured to you. So there in Matthew 19, it shall be measured to you again. It shall be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given for he that hath to him shall be given. He that hath not, even that which even, uh, from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. So what does this mean? You know, what, what what whatever we measure, it shall be measured to us again. Well, that's a Bible principle, that God holds us accountable in kind to the way that we treat others. Remember what He said there in the uh, at the end of what we call the Lord's Prayer, where He said, "If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you." Though, though uh, the, the, neither forgive your trespasses. And what's the point? The point is that it is disingenuous. It is not real faith. It is not authentic Christianity that says, God, I expect this of you, but I am not going to render that to others. I expect mercy, but I will not give mercy. Uh, I will give judgment, but I don't want judgment. No, uh, the golden rule uh, is that we would do unto others as we would have them do unto us. It's not do unto others as they do unto you. No, that, that's not. That's vengeance. Uh, That's just answering a kind. It's not do unto others as they would do it, uh, as as they do unto you. It's do unto others as ye would have them do. How would you want other people to treat you? So Jesus is introducing really the essence of the law. The law is not just a series of perfunctory commands that regulate behavior. No, the law reflects really the, the, the character of God. And really the law speaks to underlying motivations. For instance, Jesus said, you have heard that hath been said, thou shalt not kill, but I say unto you, if any man is angry with his brother without a cause, or you, you have heard that hath been said, thou shalt not commit adultery, but I say unto you, if you look at a woman to lust after her, what is Jesus doing? He's not abrogating the law. He's saying that there's a a larger, deeper, more compelling principle that underlies it because that principle really reflects, that underlying motivation reflects the heart of Almighty God. So here, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And then it says, people that have, they're going to get more. People that, um, well, look at what it says. I don't want to misquote it. Um, And and unto you that hear shall more be given. Okay, so those of you that are listening with a motivation to obey, uh, you have a heart for the will of God. The Bible says that you will receive. Uh, God will teach you more. Uh, You will be given more than, that's the way God works. He that's faithful in little shall be faithful over much. So what does God do? God blesses those that respond to what God has already given them. God gives more responsibility to those who have fulfilled the responsibility he has given them. So unto those that hear, God's going to give more. But watch this, verse number 25. For he, he that hath to him shall be given, he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath. So you, know, everybody has opportunity, has a measure of God's grace. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to everybody but when we don't respond to the good gifts of God, when we don't respond to the light that God has given us, when we reject the Christ that is in front of us, when we, uh, don't, uh, don't, we don't appreciate uh, the mercy that is ours, then the Bible says that even that which we currently have shall be taken away from us. Think about it. Every single person on this world has something. They have the grace of God in life. They have the grace of God for potential salvation. They have the mercy of God to get up and live for another day. But as we reject the mercies and graces and light that God has given us, that that mercy and grace and light one day will go away. It shall be taken from. So what's the point? The point is respond to the goodnesses God has given you. We are accountable for that. Uh, have an earnest and sincere desire to seek after God, to follow Him. These are incredibly deep and yet simply stated parables for each one of us to consider. I've got a lot more to say, but I don't have any more time to say it. So hope you have a, a great day today. Thanks for listening in. i uh, look forward to uh, jumping back into verse number 26 next episode. Hope to see you there. God bless you thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.